a second. So we are in John chapter 6. John chapter 6, um, verses 60 through 71. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and hold it up. I like to have us do this to show that we have Bibles. We love God's word. Um, this is this is my sword. Who's got a sword with them? Yeah, it's the word of God. Amen. Amen. Um, and so we're going to follow along. John chapter 6, verses 60 through 71. So John chapter 6. And, and as I get into this, kind of reminding where we're coming from, what we've studied through. So we're in the sixth chapter of John. Um, we've seen Jesus perform miracles. We've seen him feed 5,000 people with just a couple of loaves and fish. We've seen him turn water into wine. And, and last week, Scott shared with us that so this teaching that Jesus had after performing this miracle. And, he, and he's keeps referring back to himself with any miracle he he or any any kind of thing you have the woman at the well he says i am the living water right um he is we we have this turning a few loaves of bread into a lot right he's like i am the bread i am the life and last week he he, he said some things that were kind of difficult he said some things that were kind of difficult for everybody to hold on to and understand. He said, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. And people are like, what? What are you saying here? And so we're going to kind of look at, this is where we're picking up John chapter 6, verse 60 through 71. And, and kind of see the, the response here. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is the devil? He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, 
for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. This is the word of the Lord. Um, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that you speak to us, Lord, that the, the, the scripture, Lord, and the words that you ordained to be written down to 2,000 years ago are just as true today. Lord. And, and so we ask that you would speak to us, God. We ask that you would help us to hear you, Lord. We ask that you would help us to be led by you. No, God, we love you. We praise and we thank you, Lord. May you may you clear away distractions, God. May you clear away technical difficulties, Lord. We know we have an enemy who wants to get in the way, and he has he has his messages and his voice that he wants to be louder than you, God. We ask right now that you would quiet him down and that we want to hear from you, Lord. We love you. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, so, before we had uh, began with this example of, of teaching pets um, how to do a trick, how, how to follow your commands, how to listen to you. And sometimes they don't like to listen. Sometimes they have their own ideas of, of what is better. They have their own little, their wills. And, and as a trainer, it's like, I, you got to train them to, to listen to you and to follow you. And, and what I, I find interesting in this passage is that we start off and that there is a difficulty in hearing what Jesus is saying. The very first thing that the disciples say, this is verse 60, is they say, this is a hard saying. This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? You kind of, kind of get the sense of, of the attitude they're in. They're they're kind of listening. This is difficult. I don't I don't know. I don't know Jesus. And you see the next verse says, but Jesus knowing himself that his disciples were grumbling about this. They're, they're grumbling. The the word in Greek is kind of the same root that we get the word scandalous. That so they they saw this as this this offensive, scandalous thing. Do you take offense at this? And and. So they're, they're taking offense at the things Jesus is saying. And why are they taking offense? I don't know if I, I quite have the answer to this. It doesn't say fully here, but we can guess at it. We can guess. We realize, like, Jesus is saying before this, he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And you're like, that's really hard to understand, isn't it? So maybe they're taking offense because they don't understand it. Maybe they're taking offense because... That sounds, if they're taking that literally, that just sounds straight up wrong, right? I don't know. I, I would say, though, that maybe they understood to some degree it was a metaphor in this, their culture and their the Jewish teachings. It was seeped with metaphor about every festival, everything they did. There was always some kind of metaphor. So the people here, they understood. They knew the idea of, of metaphor. Who, who here, you guys, 
you get the idea of metaphor, we're going to use one thing as a picture to represent something else. So it's hard to say where their offense was. It may have just been that they didn't get it. And because they didn't get it right away, they didn't understand what he was saying. They, they, they said, I know better, and, and I'm going to make this, this judgment about the one who is teaching. I'm going to say that I don't know if I want to follow them. They're not easy to follow. And you kind of get this sense of there's a, there's a mindset there. There's a mindset of our authority. There's a mindset of a willingness or an unwillingness to believe and to listen. You see, some, and you guys have probably encountered this when you come into a conversation with somebody, let's say. And let's say that it's somebody that you've had some strife with. You've had some conflict with. And, and so when you come into conversation with that person, you can start talking. And it's almost like before you even say anything, they're ready to dismiss everything you say. Who's, who's experienced something like that? And have you, have you ever had where somebody dismisses you outright before they really hear what you're saying? Maybe they hear the first few words like, oh, he's saying that. Or maybe they hear the first words and like, I don't get it. And they just dismiss and they throw away everything that you're about to say because they have decided beforehand that they know what you're talking about or they know that you're wrong. And, and there's this kind of mindset sometimes, and I, I think we, we can get into it, and I see that happening with some of the disciples there. That they're hearing what Jesus is saying, they're like, ah, oh, this is a little bit difficult. We were with you until this point, but we've heard difficult things from other people, and we didn't like them. And so I just don't know about you anymore. Sure, I've seen you do miracles and other things, but I'm not sure about this. And, and, and maybe sometimes we come into this kind of this thinking when we listen to sermons. Maybe we, we come into this kind of thinking when we're having conversations with other people and, and we start to hear one thing and, and we start looking for all the things that are wrong with what the person's saying. Have, have you ever done that? Maybe you see someone do that. They come back from a sermon and they just start picking it apart. I didn't like how they said this. I didn't like how they said that. And, and what I want to get at is, is this mindset of who we're listening to. What voice are we listening for? And I'm going to jump back to some of what Scott taught from last week. Um, John chapter 6, verse uh, 40, 44 and 45. It says this. Verse 44 says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. Um, everyone who has learned and heard from the father comes to me. Think of that. Those who hear from God, those who hear from the Father come to Christ. And so with that, who are we listening to? Who are we learning from? 
And, and even as we, we come to God's word, how many of you, we held up God's word a little bit ago and you start reading his word and you say, this is hard to understand. This is really hard. I don't get it. All right. A lot of us, I know there's parts of scripture. I even feel like that sometimes. And, and as soon as I let that become my mindset, that's ah, difficult. Right? I can kind of give up on listening. Now, I'll tell you something amazing. Little kids, I have, I have two nephews and a niece, and, and they can read the Bible, and they might not understand, but they can enjoy reading it, and they try to understand. They, they try to listen. They try to hear from it, and there is an openness. There's a willingness to believe that allows them to read it. And sometimes there's this block that comes in here and comes in our mind and says, I don't get it. And because I don't automatically get it, then I'm not even going to try to get it. Well, here's the thing. God's word and, and, and these, these messages are spiritual. They're spiritual words. It says that they must be taught by the Father. Right? It says, and they will all be taught by God, verse 45. They will all be taught by God. So if it's hard for me to understand something, who am I listening to? Who am I listening to? Am I, am I trying just really hard on my own to understand or and, and to reason through it? Or am I asking God, say, God, you wrote this. Can you help me? Can you help me to understand? Can you open up to me what it is that you are saying? And that we believe and we say, you know, God, I, I want to hear from you. Hebrews eleven six says this. It says that um, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever comes to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There's this idea that we come to God with faith and believing that as we seek him, he is going to meet with us. Another passage is in James chapter 1. It says that if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and it will be given him. So this, this idea that we, we are looking to God and we're believing in him, that he is actually able to interact with us. So it's a mindset we start off with as we come to God. And that's what I want to kind of look at. And there's a mindset, and it really it gets down to who we believe God is who we believe that he is. Is he, is he somebody that I can trust? Is he somebody that I believe has my best interests in mind? You see, I think of when I was training, working on training my brother's dog, there's an element that in the dog's mind, it's questioning, it's wondering, is this person somebody that I can trust? You know, or are the things in my head better? Do, do they actually know what's best for me? Maybe, I know what's better. If I just keep lunging at this leash, I'm going to eventually get what I want. Right? Or does this master have actually my best interest in mind? And this analogy falls short really fast. We are not dogs on a leash. Amen. We are not. We have a loving father, though, who knows our needs much better than we do. He knows our situations much better than we do. And then there's... The question, where's our mindset? Am I trusting and am I listening for him to speak? I um, find this 
interesting that um, and coming, I'm going to read down a little bit here. Uh, verse 65 and down to 68 in John chapter 6. And Jesus says, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. So the, the Father is the key that we're listening to the Father and that he is providing this understanding to be able to come to Christ. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. And so Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. In verse 69, he says, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. You see, Simon Peter had this mindset where he knew who Christ was. He, he, he was looking to him to be his source of truth, to be his source of life. And he believed. He had faith. He might not have understood everything Christ was saying or what he was getting at. The reality is probably no one fully did at that time because Christ hadn't died yet. No, no one knew that he was going to die and rise again. And what he was talking about in this eating my flesh and drinking my blood was this metaphor of his, him being this sacrifice for them and them accepting that sacrifice. They didn't get that yet. But Peter here, regardless, he believed. He believed on who Christ was. He said, you are the Holy One of God and you have the words of eternal life. And something really fascinating about words, you know, and then we, we get down to messages. There is this, this power that they have. Um, John, uh, Proverbs 18, 21 talks about this idea of words and it talks about what's in the tongue In the tongue. As we speak, there's, there is life and there is death. That these words that we speak can, can produce life or death. Sometimes we, we think of, um, you know, it, there's a saying we have as kids. Maybe you guys have heard the saying, sticks and stones can break my bones. Right? But what? But words can never hurt me. Who's heard, heard that? I know we got, we're all muted here. You can raise your hand. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's the biggest lie I've ever heard. That is the biggest lie in the world. Words are some of the most damaging things. And scripture says quite the opposite. It says life and death are in the power of the tongue. The messages that we hear, the words that we hear, have the ability to give life and they have the ability to bring death. And can I use an example on this? You think of um, each of us, you know, we have experiences that we've gone through in life. And, you know, a lot of the, the problems we might have later on, or we can say like there's this connection to the, the trauma that we experienced when we were younger. This is kind of within psychology. This is something that is looked at a lot as, you know, I went some, maybe I was abused as a kid and, and now that continues to affect me as I'm older and, and that there is this insecurity or, or these, these kind of things in me and, and what, what's fascinating is that it's not actually the physical part that leaves the long-lasting damage. 
And they even find this in PTSD, that's post-traumatic stress disorder. So people that go through traumatic things like war and et cetera, and, and they have this response to similar situations where they just kind of break down or maybe they, they act as though that same thing is happening. And what they found is as they try to, as we learn how to heal these things, is that it's not actually the, the physical thing. That's, that's part of it. It's actually the belief that is associated with the event that continues to cause problems in a person's life. It's the belief. It's the message that came with it. And so we take back the, come back to this example of the, the child who, who might have been abused. And you see the, the message that came with that. You, think of, you can think of the messages that come with that. The message that you deserve this. You're worthless. You don't have value. Right? Now compare that to a, a child who maybe was, received physical discipline only in a correction manner when they were bad. Okay. Some today, this isn't as popular, uh, but scripture says that, you know, you can spank your kids basically. Right. Um, so that kid though, it, they weren't being spanked for no reason. It was when they were bad, they knew why it was. And then afterwards, maybe their parents said they loved them. Right. There is this. Now the message is different there. The message is different for that child and the one who was just hit for no reason, right? And now I'm going to bring in another example. Let's say you had a child whose parent had a dad or mom, whatever, who are martial artists and trained them in martial arts, right? And so there is this this uh, learning some combat things, and they actually get hit as well. So the physical in those three examples is the exact same. Now that third one, training martial arts, do you think there's any negative messages coming with that? Well, you're being trained. You're learning, you're learning a skill. And, and there might even be some physical pain there, but it's different. It's different because the message is different. And the, the point I'm getting across here is the message that comes with things is Man, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me is the biggest lie. It's, it's the words that hurt. It's the message that comes with it that can bring death and, and that can bring a life of misery. It's the messages that we believe. And that's why it's so powerful when Peter says here, he says, you have the words. You have the words of eternal life. And, and going further up in verse 63, Jesus says this, says, he says, it is the spirit who gives life. It's the spirit who gives life. We're looking at the other side of this. We're looking at the other side. We have, I just looked at the damage part, but let's look at the life part. Jesus says, it is the spirit. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Wow. Think about that. Think about that. The words that Jesus speaks to us are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. If, I'm, if I am wanting some life, 
if I'm wanting some, some, some joy and peace and, and love, these things that, that we feel like having this life. And Jesus says that he came that we might have life and that we might have it abundantly. Amen. We might have life and have it abundantly. Where is that life coming from? It's coming from these words he is speaking to us. He speaks words to us, and these words have power. These words have power. And even look at what he's talking about right here. He's talking about his body and his blood. He's saying, eat my flesh and drink my blood. We know, we know, we know that we get the whole story. We read, you know, well, many of us have read to the end of John. You've heard the story. You know the story is that Christ dies for us. He lays down his life for us. And that this, this message that sounds so hard of eat my flesh and drink my blood, what it really is, is I love you. I gave myself for you. And, and this, the love of God is demonstrated to us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He says, it's not anything good that we have done. But he says, even in the midst of you at your worst, that's when I show my greatest love to you. Now that's life. That's life. And he says, even more than that, he says, you know what? And I'm, I, I, I created you. You're my workmanship. You have value. You are useful to me even. And, and you're, you're not just a tool. No, no, I want to be in relationship and I want to work with you. These are the words that Christ speaks to us. These are the messages that he is, he is giving to us. And, and through Christ and through the Father, there's, you know, we have this idea of the Trinity. And we have Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's speaking to us. And so are we listening to him? Are we, are we open to hearing from him and, and saying, you know, God, I want to hear from you. I, I'm done lunging far ahead or dragging behind or trying to do my own thing. I so want to hear from you. I want to hear the words you have for me that give me life. And, and that knowing that, man, just even the bare basics of the gospel is that even at my very worst, man, that's when you showed your greatest expression of love for me. Wow. Wow, you love me. You love me. You, you, you're going to give these messages that are counteractive to every damaging message we've ever had. You think of that, the, the, the negative messages that we've received in life, the gospel, the gospel counteracts all of them. There, if there ever was a magic bullet, it's the cross of Christ. If there ever was a magic bullet, it's the cross of Christ. Because in the cross, we have, we have this answer that, that, that flips everything else on its head. Every, everything else is, you know, some of us, we're, we're trying so hard to be validated. Maybe we're, we think it's not possible. Maybe we think we've earned it. Maybe we think that, you know what? I actually don't need God because I'm pretty good in life. Some, I hear that a lot from people. But they believe that they have worked hard enough to where they're good enough. And you know what? That's not a great place to be because one slip up, one little thing 
It's all dependent on me. It's all weighing on me, right? And then other of us were on the other side of that, where it's like, I haven't gotten there, and we feel so insecure and inadequate. Either way, it's, it's this pressure on us. It causes us anxiety and stress. And Christ says something totally different. He says, hey, hey, hey. He says, don't worry. I got it. I'm just going to, I'm dying for you. Everything. Everything. I am dying for you. You don't got to worry about that. Actually, the only thing that I, I want you to do is just look to me. You get to just be with me. And you know what? Actually, as you're with me, you're going to become a little, you're going to become more like me, but we're not going to worry about that. I just want you to know this. I love you. I love you deeply. That's, this is the message of the cross of Christ. And this is this healing message. Man, when we think of these things, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? That's Philippians 4.13. That's like looking at, man, like, and when I am with Christ, I can do anything. Another one I love is John 15.5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. He's saying that if you hang out with me, man, then my power comes through you. And he's like, that's, that's not even the point as much. It's about being with me and the benefits are great. The benefits are great, but that's not the point. The point is being with me. That's what's even better. That's what's even better. We think of the fruits of the spirit, man. I love the fruits of the spirit. Man, we all want love, joy, peace, patience, right? But they're fruits. They're fruits. They come from hanging out with God. They come from being with him. You can't, you can't get an apple from an oak tree, right? It comes from an apple tree. It comes from being in that tree. So we're with God and a part of these things will come out of our lives. Sometimes we're like, well, I just want the peace. And we try to get there without God. I just want the love. I just want the joy. And we get a whole lot of trouble when we pursue just the fruit without the source. And so this whole thing is that how do we, how do we listen to God? How do we come to him? How do we have this mindset? You're saying, you know what, God, you have the source. You, your words like Peter, and this is what I'm going to end on. He says, you have the words of eternal life. From you, I get this message that tells me all the things I need to know. That's my life source. That's what we've been getting at all this time through John that he says, I am living water, right? And if you come to me, you have the streams of living water. You never thirst again. Why? Because he is the source. He says, I'm, I'm the bread. Just like, man, the man in the wilderness we were talking about last week. God just making bread appear on the ground. Jesus does this miracle where he multiplies bread. He says, I am that bread. I am the source. Come to me and I will give you this life. And what we find here, this unveiling here, this life is in the words, is in this message that he speaks to us. And so I want to close out here. And hopefully as you've been tracking along, and maybe God's been speaking to you even as I've been talking. I pray, I, I know that he has because God is always, he's always speaking. And what I want to ask Right now is we're just going to go through an exercise together. And 
I want to, we just want to pray and say, okay, God, God, can I just help, help me, Lord, help me to clear out all these distractions. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you, Lord. And it might not be that God is, is speaking audibly to you. Sometimes he, he kind of hears something very clear. That's okay. I, I want to just sense his presence. And, and we want to say, like, God, can you help me to shift my mindset where I want to be open to just hearing from you? You know, and, and as I come into any situation, maybe as I come into a conversation, instead of listening to all the arguments I ha- might have to put against another person, or I'm listening to a message, I'm looking for all the things wrong, I'm, I'm going to change that. I'm going to say, God, I want to hear from you. And, and may, may you show me what you want me to, to hear. And, and maybe there's some discernment on right and wrong. And, and may I actually listen to you. And, and maybe there's something I need to say and that you give me those words. I want to be led by you. We want to start kind of going through this process in our life. Man, if we were as God's people, if we're led by him and everything to do, how amazing would that be? Right. And, you know, I think God knows the problems we're dealing with, right? He knows the problems of our city, the problems of our neighborhood. Do you think he's got a pretty good strategy? I think so. I think he's got a lot better strategy than we do. Here's the thing, though. He he wants to use us in that. And so if we're not listening to him, how are we going to follow his instruction, right? You think God knows the, the problems in your family? Yeah, he does. Do you think he has a pretty good idea on how to address him? I'm sure he does. But if we're not listening to him, how are we going to know? So I just want to maybe have one specific thing that you have on your mind. I'm going to bring that to God and say, God, I want to, I want to entrust this to you. I want, I want to be led by you in this area. Help me to shift my mindset instead of I'm the one that's got to figure it all out. I want to look to you. Just, just like that idea of, of the dog that, that needs to look to its master to see where the master is going. We're not dogs, and we're not on a leash. But you are, Lord. You are our master. And I know the best place to be is by your side and looking to you where you're going. So go ahead and, if you would, uh, just pray with me. And say, dear Lord, God, I just thank you. I thank you that you are a good father. Lord, I, I ask that you would you would speak into my life and just show me the places that um, maybe I'm not trusting you. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking that you're just too hard or you're too difficult. God, I, I ask that you would reveal the lies that I've been believing. These lies that are against your gospel, these lies that might say that you don't care. They might say that you hate me. They might say that you hate parts of me, that um, maybe I, I have some sin issues in my life, Lord. And knowing that you love even that part of me, and you want to redeem it. God, you died for all of me. God, and that you know my situation, Lord. And that you know it a lot better than I do. And you just, you so want us to just look to you. Lord, and that we would believe and, and just you know, have that, that 
change in our heart. We say, okay, God, I believe that you have the words. You are the source. You are the source of life. I want to lean on you. God, may you, may you do that work in our hearts. Lord, may we, may we be attentive to you. I pray for those right now, Lord, that you would just give them a sense of your presence, a sense of your peace, Lord. We know the fruits of the Spirit come from your from you. Lord, you just get that, that sense of knowing that this is you with them, Lord, that you'd, you would give that, that joy and that peace, that love, that patience, Lord, this, this powerful sense, this is you. Lord, and we want to we wanna tune in to your voice, that we know that the same voice that we get when we hear scripture, Lord, that's your voice and we can listen to that. We, we tune into that. We tune into that frequency as best we can and, and we're looking for it constantly, looking for your voice, God. May you do that work in our heart. God, we love you and we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen.